What's takeout the trash day? Friday. I mean, what is it? Any stories we have to give the press that we're not wild about, we give them all in a lump on Friday. Why do you do it on Friday? Because no one reads the paper on Saturday. But we do. I'm Yael Grauer. And I'm Trevor Holtner. And this is the Monday Morning Dumpster Dive. On Friday, the Trump administration rolled back a federal requirement that employers must include birth control coverage in their health insurance plans. Kay Taylor is a reproductive justice advocate in Brooklyn, New York. She says that the new policy broadens exemptions for employers. Previously, you had to be pretty much a faith-based organization, um, and also it didn't exempt colleges and universities. So now this widens the exemption to someone who may just have a quote-unquote moral objection to birth control, so they don't necessarily have to be a faith-based organization. Um, The Hobby Lobby ruling first started to erode the birth control exemption, and now this is expanding that out. Andy Zeisler is the founder of Bitch Media. She says it's clear that this policy change has nothing to do with a concern for women's health. Oh, yeah. I mean... (laughs) I mean, absolutely. Uh, You know, and again, like we have known for years that this sort of sanctimonious um, line by religious conservatives has nothing to do with uh, with caring about women's health or safety or, you know, reducing abortions, because it makes absolutely no sense for the Republican platform to say that their goal is reducing the abortion rate when it is waging a war on contraception. We know that they are not pro-life, that they are, you know, basically in favor of forced childbirth, and that the goal of doing this is is punitive. And, you know, it's it's not a position born of any sort of, like, concern for women. It's born of, you know, a fear that women are increasingly refusing to sort of capitulate to this outdated idea of their proper place. Um, And certainly, (laughs) it's hypocritical in the sense that, you know, just this past week, um, we saw the anti-abortion Republican Congressman Tim Murphy um, basically forced to resign after it was revealed that he pressured his mistress to have an abortion. Um, You know, and we all know that Donald Trump has in his, you know, pre-presidential life been totally pro-choice in the sense that it is a way to evade any sort of personal responsibility. So, yeah, I mean, again, like we have seen so many examples of this hypocrisy and these guys are just, they're shameless and it's, it's women who are going to suffer the consequences. Andy points out that this isn't the first time we've seen people claim moral objections to avoid doing their job when it comes to women's health care. Yeah, well, I mean, again, like over the past 10 years, we've seen, you know, uh, farm, what do you call them? Um, Pharmacy employees, uh, you know, use this excuse that they can't fill birth control, uh, you know, prescriptions because they have a moral um, opposition to it. They don't believe that. (laughs) I mean, they basically believe like the Monty Python song that every sperm is sacred and that, you know, avoiding pregnancy is the same thing as essentially, uh, aborting a baby, which again, we know (laughs) like that is not how, that's not how science works. That's not how medicine works. It's not the same thing at all. Um, But in that sort of forced childbirth mindset uh, where women really prove no, you know, where they really have no function um, except as, you know, a vessel, 
um, that that is sort of constantly in a state of waiting to be filled, um, this is, you know, this has become a much more, um, not popular, but it's, it's been a, it's been a, um, belief system or a mindset that is, that has gained a lot of credence in, in conservative politics. Many women use hormonal birth control not for pregnancy prevention, but for other medical reasons, such as PCOS, bleeding disorders, or to prevent certain types of cancer. However, this rollback does not make a distinction between the use of birth control for contraception versus these other medical reasons. I think that it's, uh, I think that they're definitely linked because it's a broad-based attack on um, the reproductive rights of trans people and also the reproductive rights of anyone who's avoiding pregnancy, regardless of your gender identity. So I think that I think it's definitely a broad based attack on uh, the civil rights of people who are gender non-normative. And also, if they're trying to avoid pregnancy, that this also is being covered by coming from this religious place. So I think it's a broad based uh, it's a broad based attack on a lot of people coming from this, quote unquote, religious, religious faith. Kate thinks that releasing this information on a Friday was deliberate since so few people support rolling back the birth control mandate. They're doing that because it's an extremely unpopular law. It's an extremely unpopular thing to do. The birth control mandate has been one of the most popular aspects of the ACA, mainly because most people with uteruses use birth control uh, in their lives. Over 90% of people in the United States have used a form of birth control like the pill, IUDs, etc. And under the ACA, there was more and more people getting the best forms of birth control, implants, IUDs, and particularly for young people, which are the ones who have obviously most of the babies, um, this has proven extremely popular. The Trump administration said that employee coverage of birth control promotes, quote, risky sexual behavior. Andy points out that we've heard this line before. I mean, that is like, it's literally like, that is the same argument that, you know, well, sir, that was used in like the 1950s when the birth control pill was being developed. Um, it's the same argument that was used with, you know, like the HPV vaccination in the early 2000s, where they're like, oh, no, this is gonna, you know, cause children to want to have sex. It's the same argument against like p comprehensive sex education. And it's, you know, it's ridiculous. It's like saying um, that the existence of like, you know, supermarkets promotes obesity or, you know, the existence of safety goggles in labs promotes uh, pouring acid into your eyes. Like it's not, it makes no sense. Like birth control is the antithesis of risky sexual behavior unless you are an ideologue uh, who believes that, you know, for for women, having uh, having your autonomous sexual appetite is is bad. Um, and again, you know, it is absolutely contrary to what this party claims to want. Um, so, yeah, it's just hypocrisy all the way down, basically. While some politicians may claim that contraception promotes risky sexual behavior, Kate says the facts tell a different story. It's interesting that they said that because it signals that this really isn't about um, anything besides controlling people's behavior. And in fact, the opposite has been shown that teaching people about birth control, how to avoid pregnancy, how to avoid STIs, actually has a positive effect on sexual behavior by making it less risky. There's a reason why the abortion rate and the teen pregnancy rate is at a historic low, and that's because people have been able to access birth control for free under the ACA. 
In fact, Kate points out that taking funding away from birth control has historically had dire health consequences. So one of the things that happened in Indiana when Pence was in charge was he also fully defunded the reproductive health care system. And one of the outcomes of that was a huge outbreak of HIV AIDS. So one of the things the CDC looks at is when one person has multiple strains of HIV AIDS, and that signals that the epidemic in that region is really bad because this person has multiple forms genetically of HIV AIDS. So this, due to Pence defunding Indiana's healthcare system and making it inaccessible to access reproductive health, there was an outbreak of multi-strain HIV in Indiana. The CDC actually had to send staff there to research and deal with it. These are the same people they would send into the developing world to work on something like Ebola. So you see the clear outcomes of defunding the reproductive health system and making it hard for people to access forms of birth control and forms of STI protection, including anything from condoms to testing, so to treatment. So we've already seen the outcomes of these policies in Indiana, in Texas, and they're devastating. The high maternal mortality rates, the high rates of STI infections, and it's mostly occurring for people under the age of 40, not surprisingly. So we've seen that they'll use the excuse of quote-unquote risky sexual behavior when in fact it's the exact opposite. Andy points out that this attack seems to be against women who have a different worldview than the very religious or conservative party line. This is not about women's health. It's not about their well-being. It's not about um, making them more productive citizens or better at their jobs or happier or just even having the peace of mind that they can control their fertility. Um, it is about punishing women who dare to have non-procreative sex. And it's about making it harder and harder uh, for women to be autonomous humans. Um, I just, you know, when I saw this Friday morning, I, you know, I was just, I think I tweeted something about, you know, they, they need to just come out and admit that what they want is for women to stop existing in public. Because that really is what this is all about. It's about this real... Um, fear that that women having lives that have nothing to do with heterosexual male partners uh, is some sort of threat to what they believe to be the natural order. Kate sees this Friday news dump as part of a multi-pronged approach attacking reproductive care and other healthcare services. Currently, Senate is attempting to pass the Pain-Capable Child Act, which would ban abortion after 20 weeks except in cases of rape and incest and in cases of the threat to the life of the mother. On Wednesday, Attorney General Jeff Sessions also rolled back a 2014 guidance issued under the Obama administration that interpreted Title VII as protecting trans government employees. Andy Zeisler is the founder of Bitch Media. Kate Taylor is a reproductive justice advocate. I'm Yael Brower. And I'm Trevor Holtner. We'll catch you next time on the Monday Morning Dumpster Dive. <laughs>